Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Brian Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do? Okay, I don't know what to feel anymore. If I can, if I can be honest with everyone, um, the Sixers have tied up the series two-two, but every single time I get my hopes up, um, my emotions are shattered as if they were hit by an eighteen-wheeler going seventy miles an hour, and I were a glass jar that was full of marbles that were also glass, but shatterable glass, so they would all shatter into a thousand pieces. So. Should I get my hopes up? I need your help with that. I'm not. Okay. For that reason, exactly. Yeah, well, they do look like a completely different team with Joel Embiid back on the court, which, I mean, everyone expected that. Let's not act like he wasn't an integral part of the offense. I was hoping they would be able to steal one of the first two, but they just played so flat. And the shooting, they had the opportunities, but they weren't nailing them. Now, you look at the defense in the past two games, it's actually been pretty flip-flopped where Miami's been the one that's struggling, shooting the three yeah, and mid-range jumpers, and uh, the Sixers have been doing really well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, like a, it's, it's kind of been like a 180 ever since Embiid entered the, entered the fray in the series so far. Um, you know, I mean, the only one contributing really for Miami is Jimmy Butler, who you know, is, hey, he's Jimmy Butler. He's really good. Let's even yeah. though I dislike him yeah. for leaving. He's still really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero hasn't done much. Bam Adebayo hasn't done much. You know, really anyone other other not named Jimmy Butler. So Kyle Lowry since he come back hasn't done much. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of like a flip flop. Um, Sixers defense has really improved. Uh, Miami's offense is struggling right now, um, but I don't think it's going to continue. Yep, yep, and we'll, we'll get into the whole spiel in the duration of our podcast, um, but there's a couple things that we want to touch upon, mostly with the offense since Embiid's come back, and uh, what we can do to make sure that and, uh, Miami's going to make adjustments. What do we predict those adjustments to be, and how can we address them? Yep. Uh, next, I, you know, I think I'm going to give the stage to you, because I received the text message. I was away on a trip. Um, seeing my uncle, who I don't see very much, and Chip texts me and says, listen, I hope you're not busy, but that was one of the most, I felt it. It it was just pure rage at the Philadelphia Phillies. So you you go ahead and take the stage. I am extremely disappointed. And I kind of want to save most of this for the podcast, but here's what I'll say. I don't think I've ever been more embarrassed, sad, disappointed, frustrated, and just hateful towards the Phillies than I am right now. Well, not right now. Well, like especially, especially the night that most people know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. They, they really, I don't. They really just did it for me, especially that game. 
And uh, I don't know what's going to take for me to, you know, be okay with the Phillies. But right now I'm not. Obviously, I'm still a fan. I always will be. That's never going to change. But I am not happy with them right now. They're playing sorely below their potential. And when god-awful things happen that were preventable, it's, uh, as you said, it's embarrassing. It's like the lineup hits, but then the pitching sucks. But when the pitching is good, the lineup sucks. And then when both are good, then the coaching staff sucks. So, like, I, I just don't know what to do at this point. Like, we have the lineup. We have the pitching. On paper, we have the coaching. But it still doesn't work. And I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, dude, there are just, out of all of the things that have happened in Philadelphia sports over the past decade at least, maybe 12, 13 years, um, probably 12 years, all the disappointments, all the uh, heartbreaks, what is so... Well, there's nothing really special about this. This is just another disappointing season. <laughs> like, <clears throat> like over, like you said, the, over the last decade, I mean, really 11 years because we haven't made it in 11 years. But since that time, every other team in Philadelphia has actually made the playoffs, except the Phillies. And in a in a city like Philadelphia, and you don't go to the playoffs for 11 straight seasons with with the players that we've had over that time. It's just, it's a disappointment. And the trend continuing. On that god-awful, embarrassing and distraught note, we'll bring this back up in the duration, but uh, I got nothing left. What'd you say, Chippey? Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Let's talk some Sixers. So I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for this game. I think if the Sixers are able to pull off this win in game five in Miami, they win. This could be, this could be a series, man. Uh, the game, the series could also go seven. It That's could. The only, there's, there's two ways they win, which the one is ideal. They somehow pull off this game in Miami, and then they come home. And clinch it. Are the Sixers really capable of winning four straight against Miami? I think they are. They look, even in the first two games against Miami, we said it earlier, we were shooting like garbage in the first two games. Miami over the last two games was shooting like garbage. As I'm saying, like I don't I don't think they're gonna go four straight games shooting like that. Yeah, but that's that's the same exact thing that the Sixers went through. 
in the yeah. first two games, the Sixers were missing open looks. And a lot of it does have to do with the fact that Joel Embiid is being double teamed on almost every single possession, which is opening up the wings for guys like James Harden, like we saw last game. Danny Green, holy hell, what the hell happened yeah. to him? I don't know what's going on with him, man. I, that's, that's what I'm afraid of, though. Like, he can go cold so fast. He can. He can. I agree with you. But I think without that pressure that not having Joel in there leaves for the wing shooters. Yeah. You know, defense does matter. And let's not act like Miami isn't a young athletic team that can get out there and move around. I think that's part of the problem. And I think the fact that Joel Embiid draws so much attention in the post when he is driving and he is getting the ball. I mean, damn, man. You saw how important he was. You saw that he is a valuable player to the team when the team changes their uh, play that drastically after getting him back. I think the biggest thing for the Sixers is turnovers. Um, I don't really. That's a problem. I I don't really quite know how many they've, they had in game three or game four, but I know in game one, games one and two, they were turning the ball over like no tomorrow. And that's, that's how Miami can beat you, especially like guys like Tyler hero. Like he is so good at, you know, he's an all-time hate the face, by the way. Yeah, he's, he has a very punchable face. Um, he's he's but he's very good at you know transition points. Like the, the Heat in general are good when they're in transition, when they're on the fast break, when they're getting turnovers. Um, so again, if the Sixers can limit that, you know, they're they're not a great half court offensive team. It's kind of like Toronto. Like that's the only reason Toronto was able to beat us because they got so many turnovers. They were able to run in transition. They got easy looks. Same thing with Miami, in my opinion. Um, Miami's a little bit better than Toronto. Don't get me wrong, but I also think when you have DeAndre Jordan guarding you, a Bam Adebayo is significantly yeah. better than him. Yeah, so I mean, of course he's going to have a good game. Right. You know, Embiid has done a really good job so far in these in these last two games. Uh, Even in the small ball lineup, he was locking up Oladipo. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he's he's Embiid especially has done a really nice job defensively. I mean, the Sixers have in general. Uh, Tobias is doing it all. He's been doing it all playoffs. Um, Tyrese actually this series has done a lot better defensively. Um, so, yeah, I mean their defense has really stepped up, especially these last two games. But that's that's I mean, the key, man, in my opinion, is, is limiting the turnovers and not letting Miami uh, run out in transition and get easy buckets. Now, I still think that there are some four shots and just bad looks overall. Definitely. Um, like an example would be when uh, Tyrese Maxey, the shot clock was running down after a second, uh, where, after an offensive rebound, rather, took it to the baseline and shot it behind the basket. That's not a good look. Now, and there was a lot over the past four games, I would say less in the last game, but there's been a lot of shooting early in the shot clock. Now, I know some of them are to get that second attempt when you have numbers on the other end. I, I understand that, but... Some of them have just been while everyone's back down on the other end of the court, and it's obviously going to go to the heat. You shouldn't be chucking up threes that early unless you know for a fact you have numbers and you're going to get that rebound to go for a second shot. Well, that's why that's a good point. Like, in my opinion, I think that's why James Harden was so good the other or last night, I guess, at this point. Um, He was taking shots late in the shot clock like he was he was diagnosing the defense. He was waiting. You know, he but he he wasn't forcing it like he would pass it. They would give back to him and then he would and he would do his thing like he would wait until late in the shot clock to make a shot. I think that's 
I think he's at his most dangerous, especially nowadays, like that he's old, the fact that he's older, he, you know, he's not as quick as he used to be, you know, he's not going to beat you on his first step. So, you know, diagnosing the defense and seeing what they come at you with is going to be the best thing for him. And I think that's why he was so successful last night. I think that he went back to being aggressive when he knows. And like you said, he's able to, he has such good court vision. Yeah. The passing that he was making was the elite type of passing we expect from James Harden. I think that there was some, uh, there was a lack of confidence in his stroke early in the playoffs. For sure. But, and, and you know, that could be because of that hamstring injury that's lingering. You yeah. know, when you don't have your legs working to their fullest potential, you know, you can't shoot as well. But yeah. He wasn't. There was a couple of times where he drove the lane and just lost the ball. Yeah. But last game, game four specifically, he had as perfect of a game as we can expect from a 32 year old James Harden. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. He was getting to the basket when he needed to. He was hitting his open shots. And then he made some, you know, of his, of his, you know, patented step backs. You know, that was, that was the James Harden that most people remember. You know, that was, that was vintage James Harden right there. Um, And that's something we haven't seen really in, you know, maybe, I mean, that might, that might, that may have been his best game as a sixer. Um, 31 points, you know, seven assists. Yeah, I mean, he was just, he was phenomenal. Um, And, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, in a game like that, Embiid doesn't have to be your main guy. Like, James Harden was the guy last night. I mean, Joel Embiid set out a good game at 24-11. But you could just, that that was James Harden's game. Um, So, if we can get James Harden as that, then it's going to be tough to beat us. And the fact that, with Embiid out there with Harden, you just see how much more efficiently the offense runs. You yeah, see the sure. open looks that they're getting. You look at guys like Danny Green and Tobias Harris. Now, Tobias Harris didn't have his best game of all time offensively yesterday, but yeah. he's still all over the court. I'm not going to complain about him at all this series. Yeah. Um, Danny Green, he's just open. Embiid is really drawing in those outside defenders and the perimeter is open for him. I don't know if it's just the fact, like you said, he does get cold sometimes, so they're willing to let him take the shots. Yeah. But if he's hot right now, ride the hot hand. I saw Niang. He's having like not having a great game, but he's actually making shots occasionally now. Yeah. It's not every single thing that goes up is a brick. I do there's only a there's only one rotation that I dislike that Doc is using right now, mm-hmm. and it's when he'll leave Harden out there with Shake, Furkan, and Thibel with Reed, and you only see it a, like a short amount of time, but they're all like minus five by the time they're out there. So, yeah, I mean you probably won't be seeing much of Furkan anymore. I think he the the only reason he was playing Furkan uh, was just to get you know, more minutes out there. Cause he really didn't have anybody out there when Joel B wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously you're not going to see Deandre Jordan anymore. Um, so, I mean, he's probably only going to go, only going to go four deep on the bench. He's probably going to go shake Thibel, Niang and Reed. Um, and to me, Paul Reed is looking better. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Now he's still, um, 
you know, he's not the best defensively. He still gets, you know, these. It's the pump fakes. It is the pump fakes. Every single time. I mean, he's got to learn. But again, I think he offensively, I think he's getting more comfortable out there. Um, So you just got to keep keep playing him. And again, he's not going to be playing a ton. He's only playing like 10 minutes tops. So we can get 20 minutes out of him. Not 20 minutes, 10 minutes out of him rather. Yeah. In the playoffs, that's all that you need. That's all you need. Yep. Not 20. That was egregious. 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 10 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I've I've had a long long day. Um, moving forward, it's still talking about what's probably going to happen <clears throat> with the Heat struggling to shoot. And yeah. I want to ask your opinion on this. We haven't seen Duncan Robinson at all this series. Um, yeah, he's a good shooter, but obviously it was uh, the attack Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero uh, offense the last time we played them. Is that why we're not seeing them out there as much, or? What do you think is going to happen? Because they, they have to do better with their shooting if they want to be in contention. I, I definitely think it's defensively. I think he I think the Sixers exploited him so badly in that game that Spolster was like, all right, there we, we can't we're not going to survive a series if if he if we continue to play him out there because the Sixers are just going to attack him. And that's what they should do, because he's not a great defender. And, and same thing attacked, with Hero. They attacked Robinson and Hero each and every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Hero. Hero, in my opinion, is again, he's not a great defender, but he's a guy that can create his own shot. Duncan Robinson, you need, you need to, you know, you, he needs to, he needs other guys to set him up. Like Tyler, Tyler Hero is the guy, type of guy that can create his own shot. So I think that's the reason you're still seeing him out there. I mean, and he's just a better offensive player in general. Um, you know, Robinson might be a better three-point shooter, but Tyler Hero is just better all-around player as long as well as being a really good three-point shooter. So, you know, I mean, it's it's harder when there's just one guy instead of two. Um, so that's I think the main reason definitely is is uh, defensively for Duncan Robinson. I mean, you have you're right. I think that's it. I think Eric's Polster is a little too clever to give the Sixers exactly what they want. But yeah. with Redmond out, the small ball lineup that they used, yeah, they were able to chip back occasionally, but it just seemed like they fell apart after a few minutes. What adjustment, if they're not going to use Robinson, do you see them making? Well, I mean, if Deadman is out, then I don't know. It's going to be tough, especially when Embiid's out there, but they're going to have to find a way. I mean, to me, the only way they possibly, I don't know. Cause I mean, they're just, they're a good team in general. Um, so if you're Spolstra, maybe, you know, anytime Embiid is out there, you have it a bio out there. Um, but if not, they're just gonna have to find a way to double and triple team and hope, you know, hope Embiid doesn't find the right guy or, you know, he, he turns the ball over or whatever it may be. Um, so I think you're probably going to see more double and triple teams on Embiid, especially if Adebayo is not out there. Um, mm-hmm. and Embiid just gonna have to you know, be that playmaker that we know that he can be. You know, he he's he's improved so much as a passer this year. Um, so he's gonna have to you know continue to find open guys, and they're gonna have to hit their open shots. So, is there what you've watched with the Heat's adjustments that they could make that they probably will make? I think Eric Spolster is going to write up a really efficient game plan. He always does. He's 
he drives me nuts because he's a good coach and I can't really hate him. Yeah. What is um, going on in the hollowness that is Doc Rivers' brain? <laughs> um, I, I think if you're Doc, you just got to keep going. You, you keep going what's working, and that's that's Embiid right now. Um, you know, Embiid is the focal point of the offense. He he opens up everything for everyone. Right. And like I said, if they're gonna double team him, then. You know, Harris is going to have open looks. Harden's going to have open looks. Maxi, Green, you know, if Niang's out there, whoever, whoever it is, they're going to get open looks. Um, so I think if you're Doc, you just keep riding the hot hand with with Embiid, and hopefully that you can continue to ride the hot hand of Danny Green. You can ride the hot hand of Harden. Uh, hopefully Maxi is continue. I mean, he's been playing well, um, so you can you know you continue giving him the ball. Harris, whoever whoever it is. Um, that's what you got to do. And you, you can't, you got to limit the turnovers. That's that, in, in my opinion, that's the biggest thing. If they can, if they can limit their turnovers, force the heat to play half court offense and, you know, not let them get easy buckets in transition, not let them get turnovers or uh, points on turnovers and rebound the ball, then they'll be fine. So they do have a couple of players that uh, were added to their injury report. Um, P.J. Tucker, Max Struess, Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, um, Dwayne Dedman, and uh, Kyle Lowry. Now, he was yeah. really – he seemed to be a little uh, hobbled most of the game. I hope they don't figure out that he wasn't as effective as they thought he was because they should keep him out there for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Um, we don't really know. I mean, I, I know it's his hamstring because that's what kept him out the first two games. Um, I think that's still bothering him a little bit. So I don't know if he's going to play in game five. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But I don't I don't know the severity of it or, you know, so we'll see. I am, you know. Last game in game four, I saw much better defense out of Matisse Thibel as well. I don't know what his up and downs are over, but he was so consistent all year long. I don't know if it's just playoffs and the intensity of it, but if we can see the same level of play out of him, I would be happy playing him more as well when the bench needs to come in. Um, with Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and James Harden on the floor, <clears throat> Excuse me. If they are all on point for tomorrow's game five, when you listen to this, it will be the day. We're coming back to Philly. Yep. And we're coming back to Philly to win the series. And the problem is, and, uh, you know, if anyone's a Sopranos fan, there's a, there's a character named Silvio in that show who does a really good impression of a, well, when you think you're out, they pull you right back in. That's exactly how I feel. As soon as you get so down and depressed when they're down 0-2, they come back and they lift you up. Yeah. And 
And they bring you right back down again. And, you know, it's... It's like you can hear... I don't know what to... I'm trying to think of a comparison here. Um, What's a good analogy, Chris? I mean... Okay, so it's like... It's like... When you're down, you're listening to Dust in the Wind by Kansas when you're down 0-2, and then you hear Josh Groban singing, you raise me up, and angels lift you up, but then they lose the next two in a row, and Highway to Hell brings you right back to where you belong. Huh. Does that make sense? I mean, I follow it, but, you know. Yeah, well, you know, uh, just, I get just so you, you guys know that, that that's the inner mechanics in my brain. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very <clears throat> odd person. But well, that's not even half of it. Yeah, I know. No worry about it. No, none of your business. You know, stop listening at this point. Just kidding. Maybe. Or don't. Yeah, just actually. Just listen. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, actually don't actually, because the show's not over. So. Yeah, uh, don't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Please. Well, that's all we have on the Sixers this week. Uh, again, our schedule for recording is going to be quite wild if the series goes seven. And if they win. And if they win. And, so, yeah. But if it goes seven, I think, because game five's tomorrow, Tuesday. Game six is Thursday, and then I don't. I think game seven is Sunday, so I think we should be going to record next Monday as well. So we should we'll be able to, and again, we're trying to keep it as consistent as we possibly can. It's just we're not going to record the day of a game because we won't know what happens. Yeah. And I'm not staying up until 4 a.m. when I have to get up at 5. Yeah, so either next time you hear us, we'll be extremely sad or, or extremely happy. Yeah, I'm about pretty much. But let's end our because I can assure you next week. I can assure you next week I will still be upset about the Phillies. So, and that's a great segue, Chip. You know, out of all the times you have been pessimistic, I didn't get that impression from that text you sent me. I got just it was as if. The only thing I can compare it to is a parent coming up to you after you did something really, really dumb and they don't even yell at you. They just don't even, they don't even punish you. They just say, you know, I'm just disappointed in you. Yeah. You feel that in the inner depths of your soul and you actually receive it well because it wasn't a yelling match. It was just a, oh damn, I really screwed up this time. They're not even yep. yelling at me. They're just not even looking at me. That's bad. And that's what most fans are doing to the Phillies right now. Especially so, Go ahead. So let me tell you what happened, right? As most of you know, the Phillies utterly collapsed on, I believe it was Thursday, in, in just a shameful, embarrassing just disgusting way. Like, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many adjectives I want to say, but it's just a lot of it. All negative. 
Mm-hmm. So here's the deal, right? So my dad, shout out my dad. Actually, he was at he was at the Sixers game last night as well. So, um, so he got to witness something good. But so my dad texts me. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. He's like, "Yo, I have tickets for the Phillies." You know, it's and we we were on the Phillies dugout because uh, he has work tickets and his work has seats on the dugout, which is pretty dope. So he goes, "Yo." You want to go to the Phillies on Thursday? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, who's going? So it was me, my brother, my sister, my dad, my stepmom, and my stepbrother. So we all go down, right? And first inning, they score four. I'm like, all right, let's go. Next inning, they score one. Then the next inning, they score two. I'm like, oh, let's go. It's a great game. So they're up 7 nothing. Then in the sixth inning, I think it was Starling Marte hits a home run. I'm like, all right, it six, was seven, Starling one. Marte. It was your boy. Starling Marte hits a home run in like the sixth inning. We're like, all right, seven one. We're still good. So it comes to the to the top of the ninth, and we're like, you know, we should leave. You know, probably you know get get in front of the traffic. You know, I mean, they're up seven one. They're they'll be fine. We can just listen on the radio. They're probably gonna win. So we go up the steps and my dad sees someone that he knows and he goes, yo, I don't know his name. And he started talking to him. So me, my, my siblings and my stepmom and my stepbrother, we're all waiting there for my dad to you know, stop talking to this guy. And we witnessed the first couple of runs come in. I'm like, oh God, of course. And at this point, Joe Girardi, the genius that he is, brings in this guy named James Norwood, who I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't know who that is. I don't think most of you know who that is. Out of the bullpen. So he brings out James Norwood to start the ninth. Up 7-1, mind you. So I think he, like, I don't I don't remember quite how it went, but he gave up, like, a base runner, and then uh, Lindor had a home run in the inning. So it was, I think it was 7, it might have been 7-4. So he gives, he gives up three runs. I'm like, oh, geez. But I'm not panicking yet. I'm like, all right, we're still good. So they're bringing Knable. They get this Nor- Norwood clown out of there. They're bringing Knable. I'm like, all right, let's go. Close her in. Let's, let's finish it off. Then he gives up a run. It's 7-5. I'm like, all right, come on. Let's, let's, let's finish this. And then I believe... Two runners get on somehow. Or no. Yeah, two runners get on. I think it was a single and maybe a walk or something. I don't I don't remember what it was. But there's a there's guys on first and second. And at this point, we're in we're in my dad's car driving back. So I'm in the front seat because I'm the biggest and you know it makes sense. And I'm just sitting there like what there, there's no way this is happening, right? Like there's no way in my head. So, I think it was, I think Brandon Nimmo might have been up. And, yeah, I think it was Brandon Nimmo. He hits, I think he hits a double. Scores two runs, game's tied. No, he had, he had a single. It was actually a single. He had a single, okay. 
so a two run single. I think it was a two run single. Maybe he was second and third with with I don't know what it was. But yeah, so he he hits a two run single. It's seven seven. I'm like, there's no way this is happening. I'm like, all right, get this guy out. Let's go to the ninth, tied up, tied up at seven seven. Hopefully we can score a run and we win. But then Starling Marte comes up again. And Knabel throws a pitch right down Broadway. And, of course, Marte clobbers it. And it goes to the wall. Nimmo scores from first. And Marte has an RBI double. And we're losing now. And literally, the car went silent. There was, like, there were six people in the car total. Car went silent. We, we were just utterly flabbergasted. And then in my head, I'm like, okay. Well, for, first of all, Scott Fransky on the radio, shout out Scott Fransky. He was, he was calling the, he was calling the game and he goes, this, a, a loss like this hasn't happened to the Phillies since 1994. You know, I, I would like to disagree with you, and I can tell you exactly why. I was at a Phillies-Mets game. Maybe this was when they sucked, too. I mean, like, I'm talking 2015-16. The Phillies went up 8-1, to one, and guess who won by five? The Mets. Well, okay, so the circumstances were. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the ninth inning thing. But the, the ninth uh, inning. The soul-crushing blow that that is, is it's all the fans there. The problem is half the fans probably left because it was top of the ninth inning. They were up by six. Yeah, they were up by six. And here's another stat. I don't know. I think it was, I think it was in the last three years, teams entering the ninth by up by, uh, up by six runs or more. Were six hundred and forty-one and zero in the last three years. <laughs> That's wild. And like I said, the Phillies haven't lost a game up six runs entering the ninth since nineteen ninety-four. I wasn't alive. I don't think you were either. Yeah. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, Phillies. Let's score some runs. Nope. One, two, three inning. Gone. Game over. And immediately after that, I text Ryan. And again, you you know the text I said, because he was, you know, he was away. I didn't want to bother him. But I, I had to I had to tell somebody. So I text him. I go, if you're busy, I totally understand. It's fine. But I, I said something along the lines like, I've never been this disgusted and embarrassed to be a Phillies fan. In my life, in the 23 years that I've been on this planet, I have never been more embarrassed and disgusted to be a Phillies fan. Well, you know, I have some good news. Would you rather have that loss happen or lose 30 to 3? Honestly, I'd rather lose 30 to 3. Damn. 
Well, I thought that would make you happier, but it didn't. So no. um, I failed once again. Um, as you guys know, I'm a failure. Um, none of my gambling picks work out. None of my uh, none of my guesses work out. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna stop talking. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm not gonna do fantasy football anymore because I'm probably just gonna be bad at that too. And right, relax, um, relax. Chip, I'm resigning from our fantasy baseball league, and it's all over. Stop, stop it. I'm, I'm quitting sports. It's over. Stop. You don't play any sports. Um, I, excuse me. I go to I, the driving range because I suck at golf. That's good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am so just upset with the Phillies right now. I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for me to be okay with them again, but I don't know. Consistent hitting and pitching that's actually reliable. I, I think. Look, the problem is the guys they've signed have been hit or miss this year. Uh, Nick Castellanos has been hitting a little bit better, obviously. I think he's brought his average over 300, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But Kyle Schwarber hasn't really been amazing, amazing. He's been good, but not great. I mean... What do you think that they could even do? I don't think making a trade is going to make a difference. I think they have a good team. They're just not executing. I don't know. I, I, I really do not know what else they can do. On paper, this team is a playoff team. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. But we play like a JV, JV softball team Okay. in third grade. I mean, the lineup, when they hit, the pitching's awful. When the pitching's good, the lineup sucks. When they're both decent, the, the coaching staff is brain dead. I, I don't I don't know what to do. Look, I mean... I mean, just look at our roster. Let's not act like the lineup has been absolutely dead. You have guys like Alec Bohm who are hitting really well. They're hitting That's what I'm saying. Like, they'll, they'll hit. And no, like I'm complaining about Kyle Schwarber, but I really don't think he's hitting all that poorly. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll, no, they'll hit one game, but then they won't. They can't hit anything the next game. Yeah, I, I see that. I see a lot of shuffling of the lineup as well. And Reese Hoskins has I been think, struggling mightily too. Oh my God, he has been brutal. So he I don't, started off the season so good. That's another problem. He he is another weapon for them. And when he plays, they're still batting him early in the lineup. When someone's struggling that poorly, look, it they might not want it to happen, but you need to move him down in the lineup. It could be a wake up call. They could find they could find a stroke there. It is what it is. But I I will say I do like batting Boom in the two hole. I do like that. I, they got to keep him there. I was never a big fan of having a power hitter lead off. I just thought that was a newer trend that yeah, was hit or definitely. miss. So maybe I'm a little bit too much of a traditionalist with that. But for me, that was always a speed guy that would get on base. That had it, if you tapped it in the infield, that could still get to first for your three or four hitter to drive in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could lead off Segura. I, I think he, like you could. I don't, I don't know. Is the walk rate about the same as someone who's quick getting on base? And that's a, that's the question that I really haven't researched. Well, if Hoskins was hitting, then you could lead him off. Yeah, but he's, but he's yeah. not. 
He's terrible. He's not. He's he's, he's been he's really he's awful. Like he is awful right now. He started off the season so good, and then he 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 literally fell off a cliff. Like I I don't know what's happening. No, he laid an egg. Uh, I he needs to turn it around, or he's barely like, I, think he's hitting, like, I think he's hitting like one eighty right now. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, this team has so much potential. We see this every year, but this team has so much potential, and they just they don't they don't execute. This is this is this is their best team, probably since they made the playoffs, and we're still losing. He's hitting 189, and he only has a 291 on base percentage. That's brutal. That's brutal. He's not even walking either, which he which he usually does. Look, I don't know why he regresses so much when you can look at the rest of the lineup and see that, you know, Kyle Schwarber isn't hitting 150 anymore. He pulled it up above 200. Alec Bohm has been consistently like right around 310 all year. I'm not exactly sure what his number is. Um, yeah. Nick Castellanos, he's been hovering right around 300. I don't know what Gene Segura has been hitting. I have no clue, uh, but he's usually a consistent contact hitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really worried about Segura, but I don't know. I mean, Bryce Harper's been injured, so. I think the rotation's been fine. I think the bullpen's been pretty poor. Again, I do want to give a shout-out to Kyle Gibson because he's been given quality starts the past three times. Yeah, Kyle Gibson's been good. Nola was Nola was great when I went, and then, of course, they blew it. Uh, even Wheeler had a nice start, uh, his last start out. Uh, he you know, he kind of started off slow because he had that injury and he didn't pitch in spring training, but I think he's his velocity is getting back up there. I think Suarez has been pretty decent. Eflin's been pretty decent. But the bullpen, man, it's the bullpen again. I don't know what else the Phillies have to do to get a good bullpen. I, I don't know. Like every year they bring in more and more guys and, and they just they continue to not work out. I don't know. Look, I, I'm not one to evaluate whether a team is good or bad until they're about 50 games in. So and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming Knable because he was he was forced to come in in a you know high leverage situation. Probably while not even being ready, to be honest with you. So, I, I mean, to, to bring in a guy who I literally have never heard of, by the way, and then to force out your closer in a high leverage spot, you know, so quickly. I mean, well, the problem was you let the guy give up four runs in the meantime. <laughs> right. You let this yeah. no name. No Come matter what, in, even, a in a blowout, even in a blowout, if you have a nobody out there because they're up by so much, you should always have someone else warming up in the pen at that point, just in case. And and the fact that you're leaving him in to give up more runs, like if, if he gives up one, he's out. But you let him give up four, I think, or three, whatever it is. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what this team has to do. Again, I'm not going to give them the label of good or bad until I see 50 games out of them. If they're right at now, 500, they're okay. Right now, they're bad. I can tell you that they're bad right now. 
And look, you might be right, but that that's just my rule of thumb. I wait until 50, then I can finally say, yeah, I don't think this team is very good. I'm, not, I'm probably not the only person who does that. I just – there are ways that teams can turn it around, and there are – like you said, we were talking before this, the Phillies could go on a 15-game losing streak, but they could go on a 15-game winning streak. Baseball is one of those sports. I don't know. They, they lost two in a row to Texas. You know, I don't know what to tell you. All right? Right. It's early. It's May. May 9th. And I and I, I feel like it's October. See, They're that's... taking years of my life. Okay, calm down. I'm not kidding. Oh, dude. My dude. dad I was talking to my dad on the way back from the Phillies, and after I let it sink in for a little bit, I go, hey, Dad, has been Philadelphia sports always been like this? And he goes, yes. He's just like, it's just been agony pain, disappointment, frustration. And I go, even for like even back in the day, he goes, oh yeah. So I don't know. It was, it was probably worse in the nineties. You gotta think probably. the Phillies made the World Series and then lost on a walk off home run. Yeah. I mean nobody expected that team to win though. Like nobody expected yeah. that team to make the World Series. They were long shots. I I don't know. It's just uh and my dad goes, hey, if if when when Philadelphia fans die, then God or whoever, if there is a heaven, then we better be let in right away. Like if God, God would be like, yo, you a Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia sports fan? You're like, yeah, all right, you're in the heaven. See you later. Like there's and no you know, judgment. The hell for a Philadelphia sports fan is just to keep rooting for Philadelphia sports. Yep. And then the Sixers will make it to the Eastern Conference final, take it to game seven, and then get blown out by 40. And then yep. the Eagles will make the Super Bowl, but then lose on like a heartbreaking play at the very end that they screwed up on. Um, yep. The Phillies, um, I don't know. They'll just exist. And yep. the Flyers will just continuously hire former Flyers to be their GM. Yeah. The whole front office sucks at their job, and we're never good ever again. But we always have hope. No, so here's what's going to happen. They're going to hire another flyer to be the coach. They're going to be good for one year, but lose in the playoffs and then suck for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're going to hire Danny Briere. I don't know who they're going to hire as coach, though, uh, as GM. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go through there. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Danny Briere is going to be a bad GM, but I think that the Comcast Spectator Group will corrupt his mind and make him think that they're doing the right thing. Well, Chuck Fletcher's still GM, right? Or is yeah, he yeah, yeah. No, he's going to get promoted. It's going to be um, it is going to be the same cycle that happened before. Yep. Uh, Paul Holmgren all over again. So Chuck Fletcher gets promoted. Yeah. They bring in Dan Breer. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Fletcher sucks his job, gets promoted. Yep. They bring in another GM. We blame yep. that GM. They get promoted yep. instead of fired. Yep. Now Chuck Fletcher also gets promoted again into retirement. Um, yep. Still has a voice within the organization somehow, even though it's not really that big of a voice, and everyone will be like, "Oh, well, he's not really part of operation, so you're just an idiot." But uh, probably has a, a a say on who they hire. Um, then the cycle just keeps repeating itself until we have another Claude Giroux-like player in our organization. We have hope for like eight years, and then we destroy their yep. career. Yep. 
and then we hire another flyer. You, you see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, well, or, or we could just sign a bunch of old players that are way past their prime because of the that, name. That's true. Yeah, we'll sign a bunch of old players. Then we'll have one young guy who's really good, but we, we never win. But he spends his whole career here, and we ruin his career, and he never wins. And then, you know, we trade him when he's pretty much done. Yep. So. Yep. Isn't Florida losing to Washington right now? That's a shame. At that point, I think we've reached our destination for the day. <laughs> oh, my God. We've we've reached our destination. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Um, go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Spotify there. You can also find us on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think I said Spotify twice. doesn't really matter. Whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the PHL Bandwagon. We share polls weekly, so feel free to retweet and comment. Uh, we do like interacting with you guys. Um, you guys have a lot of good input, especially with the playoffs, so we did like to uh, hear what you guys have to say. You want to follow me? It's at PHL Ryan Michaels. You want to follow Chip? It's at PHL Chip Tiernan. You want to get some merch? We have uh, the WEG shop. We can get all your TBW merch. Get a hoodie, get a T-shirt, get a hat, uh, get anything you want. Anything you want that's there. And there's a bundle, so if you buy three things, it's a little bit of a discount. I don't know what it is, but it's on the website. Um, yeah, you know. I'm just, yeah, I know. Listen, there's, a, there's nothing really much to add. But we've reached our destination. We'll see you at the next stop. Either happy or sad. Either happy or sad. This is either going to be a depressed episode or a happy episode. So buckle up, either way. Sixers.